This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, good morning. It's 7.07 a.m. on Tuesday, the 28th of November. Looking to be a bright and sunny morning. You're listening to The Morning Run. I'm Shazana Mokhtar with Keith Kam and Anwar Mahbob. In half an hour, we're going to discuss what we know about the spike in respiratory illnesses in China, especially among children. But as always, we're going to kickstart this morning with a look at how global markets closed overnight. Well, U.S. markets, the Dow and S&P 500 closed down 0.2%, while the Nasdaq closed down 0.1%. For Asian markets, uh, Nikkei closed down 0.5%, Hang Seng was down 0.2%, the Shanghai Composite and SDI was down 0.3%, and the FBM KLCI was down 0.4%. So a pretty red day across the board, but let's get some thoughts on what's moving international markets. We have on the line with us Joe Quinlan, Chief Market Strategist at the U.S. Trust Bank of America Private Wealth Management. Joe, good morning. Let's uh, take a look at what's been happening over the weekend. Yeah, Black Friday was estimated to have generated $9.8 billion in U.S. online sales, up 7.5% from a year ago. I think Cyber Monday is also seeing equally bullish estimates. Why has consumer sentiment remained so robust even after successive rate hikes and concerns that the labor market is softening? Well, it's just the consumer still in that kind of very confident mode. They've got jobs, they've got income. We love credit cards. So we love a holiday sale. So there's a lot of sales out there that, you know, consumers are biting on. So I'm, I'm surprised it's only seven and a half percent. I was looking for something even stronger because the consumer is feeling buoyant and they love to spend on themselves and for each other. So here we are. But how long can the consumer continue to prop up the U.S. economy, Joe? Do you think this is sustainable into the into the next year? I, I think it is. If we can have an unemployment rate around four percent, maybe like four and a half percent, that's not that's not too bad. You know, inflation is coming down. Real incomes are going up. Remember, when consumers feel good about their jobs, their job security, that's when they spend more. They spend less when they worry about losing a job. There's too many job openings right now. So to me, the consumer hangs in there well into 2024. Interest rates are actually coming down. So the housing market's getting punished here. But I think housing is going to be a big upside story for 2024 related to consumption. Uh, Joe, it kind of sounds like you've done a fair share of your Christmas shopping during the the weekend. <laughs> um, in any case, if we zoom out a little bit, if we look at the um, the, uh, uh, the the three major indices, they've they've all turned red after four straight weeks of of gains. Um, is is this just a pullback? Can we expect something a little bit more sustainable going into the new year? I, I do. And by the way, I haven't done any Christmas shopping. I just get 5,000 emails every day from Amazon and others saying it's time to buy, but as you do too. Um, no, I think this, the Santa Claus rally, as they call it, is happening. It's underway. And all, everything came into, really came into sync, right? The, the Fed is done raising rates. Inflation is moving in the right direction. The unemployment rate is still below 4%. A lot of spending from the federal government. So everything's aligned to have a near-term push higher. That's that's the key. But when you get into February and March, as you as you hinted at, it'll get choppier. We're gonna have a pullback. So we're gonna have a down month or a week. And I do think the big event for next year's 2024 is the election. But we don't need to talk about that now. It's Christmas. Christmas is coming. <laughs> but that's gonna be a big headwind. 
Um, Joe, perhaps you could contextualize this a little bit for us. Uh, but over the past four weeks, what do you reckon uh, is the main thing that has underpinned this this bullish run in equities? I think what's happened, we're talking to a lot of clients, they've realized that interest rates have peak. Money market funds aren't going any higher. So I think there's a lot of this money is trying to get in front of the equity rally. So it's coming out of cash, less so out of bonds because bonds are so attractive here. But when you have like $5 trillion plus in cash, uh, money market funds, that's a lot of fodder for the equities. So we're seeing a rotation out of cash into equities trying to you know, be early with this rally into 2024. Now, Joe, uh, the S&P 500 energy sector has been one of the worst performing sectors in this year. Um, how will we see a recovery in this sector when it uh, relates to an upswing oil prices? Well, you know, I would be buying the energy sector here. We're overweight because here's what's going to happen. Um, we're going to see a rebound in global growth next year, led by China, Southeast Asia, Europe. Europe's in recession. All the bad news is priced into the oil patch right now. Think of it that way. All the bad news is in there. Wars and so forth on down the line. So I do think energy is getting hit pretty hard here uh, with weaker demand coming out of, say, China, particularly Europe, uh, less so on the United States. But I think, you know, you want to look out for washed out sectors that no one loves. That's when you want to buy them. When When they're not loved, you want to embrace them. Joe, can I just pick your brains a little bit uh, on 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 gold uh, as as a commodity? I mean, it's 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 breached that two thousand uh, dollar support uh, resistance for some time now, and it's sort of stayed there for about a week or so. Is this something sustainable? Do we still go on a buy on dips strategy for this? I I, I, I honestly, the short answer is no. In the sense that in the commodity space, there's just better places to put money to work, whether it's silver, nickel. Right. Uh, a lot of here again, the commodity complex has been blown up this year. Uh, you know, more supply, weaker demand. But I think that's going to flip next year. So you want to be in more liquid commodity ETFs or funds in general. And, and gold isn't the answer. So, you know, we've had we've got two wars underway. Uh, you know, on planet Earth. Uh, a lot of angst in around geopolitics. If, if gold can't do better than what it's done already, then don't expect more. Go into something more liquid. Um, Joe, can I just come back maybe to the oil sector? And I'm curious about where you think OPEC Plus is going to go uh, with their oil production. I think there has been um, some tensions in, in terms of OPEC Plus, whether they can cut more oil or whether they can, they can produce more. You seem pretty bullish that next year oil um, energy actually is going to go up. I, I guess, how do you see that playing out between now and then? Well, I think OPEC Plus will try to keep that supply constrained to a point where they can get $80, $85 per barrel. That That's very lucrative for a lot of these producers. They don't want to go too overboard, you know, $100. Remember, we were talking about $100 a couple of months, uh, a couple of weeks ago, in mm-hmm. fact. Um, that's pulled back a little bit here. They don't want 75 either. So they're trying to adjust the markets as they go. But here's the key. You know, when, when China, I think, is going to revamp, you know, re- regenerate growth in 2024, Europe is going to come back at some point. Um, the U.S. is kind of steady eddy, so to speak. So I think that keeps that oil price level in that 80 to $90 per barrel. And that's a sweet spot, literally and figuratively, for oil prices. You want to own the sector that no one hates and that everyone doesn't like. So to me, you know, oil is, it, to me, is, is, is a good valuation at these levels where they're at. 
Now, Joe, circling back to Asia, the emerging market Asian tigers like Thailand and Vietnam, they've been somewhat economically muted this year. So with most indicators pointing to the US economy avoiding a hard landing, what's your outlook for countries in this region? I mean, the biggest thing for these for Southeast Asia, like the country just mentioned, will be a rebound in global growth, rebound in global trade, reflation in China, uh, a weaker dollar, which we're seeing already play out. And I do think that gives a bid to the emerging markets. But you know, we're still recommending to U.S. clients the big question, the big debate we're having: non-U.S. versus U.S. emerging markets versus U.S. and I hate to say this, but we just keep coming back to the U.S. You know, put your money if you the next dollar you have, invest in the U.S. versus the emerging markets. They'll get a bid. You know, maybe it's you know Mexico or Brazil, supply chain, Vietnam, but uh, it's more of a trade. Uh, but if it's an investment, it's still I think in the bigger markets, a la Japan, uh, South Korea, and the U.S. All I right. hate to say that, but like that, that's how it is. <laughs> Joe, thanks as <laughs> always for the chat. That was Joe Quinlan, Chief Market Strategist at the U.S. Trust Bank of America Private Wealth Management. Sounding pretty bullish on the outlook for the U.S. economy, especially over emerging markets, I suppose. Um, but yes, a lot to think about uh, mm. moving forward. But for the for the meantime, it does seem like uh, Santa Santa's in town or coming to town. Well, I I mean, I think at this point in time, he's probably feeding his reindeer. So uh, that's probably why you see a, 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 a sort of lull in, in the performance of the major indices. But uh, I mean, he, we were talking about the commodities just now, just for some context. Mm. Gold right now is at $2,014. That's uh, rather flat from yesterday, but up to year to date, it's up 10.4%. Uh, Brent crude oil futures are just under $80 a barrel. That was what it closed at, uh, falling 0.7%. Uh, overnight. That's down 1.4% uh, year-to-date. And I have to say, probably consumers in the US are also buoyed by the fact that uh, oil prices are relatively low compared to what they were a year ago. That's true. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that's something that I heard uh, analysts commenting on. That could be also a factor why uh, consumers are go- going heavy on shopping this year. Uh, but we will all wait to see what changes in the next couple of days. Let's take a look at some of the international corporate headlines that have crossed our table. This one's interesting. Shein files for a US SIPO, and this is according to a Wall Street Journal report uh, that uh, Shein has confidentially filed to go public in the U.S. This IPO could happen in 2025 as Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan Chase and Morgan Stanley have been hired as lead underwriters on the offering. Another company, Zscaler, cloud security company Zscaler, first quarter results exceeded analyst expectations. However, shares fell as the company did not raise its full year billings forecast. Now, the company's first quarter net loss came in at $33 million or $0.23 cents per share versus the $68 million net loss a year ago. And revenue rose 40% year on year to $497 million. Right, Zscaler, the uh, cloud security company, right? I think uh, lots of things to watch there. And there gonna be, there's going to be more earnings this week. I think we're expecting names like CrowdStrike uh, to issue reports before the end of the week. So a lot to see in terms of the uh, cloud and cybersecurity space. 7.18 in the morning. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll come back to cover more of the top stories in the newspapers and portals. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.